0: it's a new day yes it is ladies and gentlemen please welcome to wild and crazy guys the athletic presents hogan Shots.
1: hogan for the win we're going to consistently
2: put players in position to succeed important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHG, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Floos? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance
0: every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns.
2: What's up? Welcome in Hogue and John's Week 4 Bears-Giants in the Meadowlands. What's up, Johnsy? What's going on? New Jersey,
3: is it? Yeah, it's the Meadowlands, right? East Rutherford, New Jersey. That's right. Is the
2: dateline. We've been out there a couple times in, in recent years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Covered probably a handful of games out there between the Jets and Giants. Games go out there twice this year. Well, I won't. That was the scene
3: of the pitch pass by three Cohen, was it not? The pitch pass. The um. Well, when he, he s- threw it was, the ball. It was, a, it was it was a sweep. Then he threw the touchdown pass. Did he not? Freezer left was in. Freezer left was in.
2: Uh, I think there. you're thinking wasn't that in Baltimore? Maybe 2017? that was Baltimore.
3: Was that Baltimore? I think. And he, was it to Zach Miller? That was Zach oh. Miller. Didn't he have was another it? one under Nagy? I don't know. It's all blending together. Freezer yeah. left, though. Remember Freezer left? How fun Freezer left was? Willie Wonka. Oh, yeah. That,
2: they handed off to Akeem Hicks, right? That was in New York. That was in New York City. Yeah. They lost. And they game. lost. And they lost that game. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Um, Tariq Cohen did throw. It was like a two-point conversion. Correct. There it is. Yeah. it was. I'm thinking of the longer pass he had in Baltimore in 17. Yeah. In 18, he threw a two-point conversion. I want to say to Anthony Miller. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah, see now. I'm pretty it now. sure that's right. All right, uh, well the memories. Uh the Bears offense, not quite as trickery now. And uh, you know, if uh some if a non quarterback Matt worked, Eberflew strikes me as a guy who would waste no
3: time installing plays called Freezer Left. <laughs> just, nah, be like, just being honest. Like, no, what are like, we doing
2: He's here? like, I'm good. No. Yeah. Uh oh, Mike Lennon this weekend, by the way. Where? One play away from getting in the How? game. He's on the Giants. Here? Is he? You lie. You're a liar. No, he's the Giants' backup quarterback. Come on. I'm relative. I'm 93% sure that's accurate. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, prove it. Hold on, I'll look it up. Yeah, I, I will too. Right now, I am. I'm pretty sure Mike Glennon. is the Giants'
3: backup quarterback.
2: He's still oh. in the league. I know that. Oh, no, Tyrod Taylor's on that team. So where's Mike Glennon? Why did I think it was Mike Glennon?
3: I think he was on the team last year. He started games for them last year when Daniel Jones was hurt.
2: Ah, that's what I'm thinking of. So always fade me and go with the 7% wrong.
3: He is currently a free agent, but he did play for the Giants last
2: year. Okay. Oh, no. Mike Glennon, not in the league?
3: Bucks, Bears, Cardinals, Raiders, Jaguars, Giants. Mike Glennon's run of teams.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that was fun. Anyway, uh, who cares? <laughs> Welcome in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Got a good show for you today. Dan Duggan, who covers the Giants for the Athletic, will join us here in a little bit to give us a rundown on the Giants. Um, Johns, I'm feeling pretty good today. You know why? Why? Because Because speaking of who cares... I traded for Josh Allen in my fantasy league last night. Whoa, oh man, whoa. I'm just feeling great. I don't like talking about like
3: fantasy like at all, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but like I know what idiot traded you Josh Allen.
2: <laughs> oh, this is one of my better friends. Who and I I'm sorry Kong. if he listens to this podcast. But what yeah. idiot tra- tra-
3: gives up <laughs> Josh Allen?
2: So I gave. What did him you give you- him? Debo Samuel, who's pretty good.
3: That's good. Okay.
2: Um, it was D- Let's see. I gave him Debo, Deontay Did Johnson. His wide, okay. A- his his wide receivers suck. Like, really, just like he had like three wide receivers who should not be starting in fantasy. Like, should maybe not even be rostered. So I gave him. Um, I gave him Debo immediate upgrade. Deontay Johnson, who was on my bench, probably a starter for him. And then I gave him Russell Wilson too, so he got he still got a starting quarterback out of it, you know. It's just, kind of. he took a major hit with like Josh one. Allen. Yeah. Who are your receivers?
3: My receivers, who's left? yeah. Who you you gave up two pretty good ones? So who's yeah. left at your receiving core? Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. <laughs> so the lesson here is that Adam Hogue is a much better drafter than this this buddy who traded you
2: Josh Allen. <laughs> Well, in fairness, I got to keep Jefferson and Chase from really good moves last year. Uh-huh. So, uh, we we yeah, I but anytime if you're if you're fortunate enough there right now to trade for Josh Allen, you know how I'm feeling today. Yeah. Just feeling really good. You know, <laughs> how can you not?
3: Two thumbs up for you, man. If only the Bears had Josh Allen, right? Well, oh, if a lot of
2: teams had Josh Allen. That must be what it feels like when you have a good like a, like just a legitimate one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Can you imagine that feeling?
3: Well, the Denver Broncos thought they had one, and then they're wondering what's going on, and now your friend's going to wonder what's going on.
2: Yeah, but Nathaniel Hackett, I hate to say it, man. I don't mean to pile on the guy. I don't think he can coach. Like head coach.
3: Do you believe in that theory that is now circulated a couple times now that the reason why he was there is because they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson just turned out to be plan B? I think that had to be part of the equation. I
2: think it had to be. Um did, like have you I don't we're not doing a Broncos podcast here, but did you see some of that stuff earlier? So, so they hired that like coach, the head coach, coach. When you hire a coach during the season
3: to help you with like game management, that's a problem. Like during the season. Like and then two games into the season.
2: Yeah, and then in his Monday press conference, he basically said like he wanted to do something during the game. He wanted to go for it on a fourth down, and the, and the coach of the coach of the head coach, whatever that guy's title is, told him not to do it. So he who didn't just do got it. here, who just who, who just so, arrived like less than a week ago. So the so the coach of the head coach is now the head coach because he's the one making the decisions. Like the optics of that are just ridiculous. If that
3: happened in this town. The calls for firing, the 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 calls for selling, <laughs> like what is happening here? Like
2: alarm bells should be going off. I mean, I get that it's only week three, but we've been down this road before in the NFL where you have like Urban Meyer was a little bit different for many different reasons last year, but you had the year of Jim Tomsula, right? When he was and it was just like by week five you're like, Yeah, they're gonna need to get another head coach next year. Like, that's just going to have to be something that happens. Yeah. My I'm favorite just, Jim,
3: uh, Jim Thomas' story is we were at the NFL owners' meetings in Scottsdale. So, we were at that nice Biltmore residence. And so, all you know all the media members hang out in the lobby, and his room wasn't ready. And it was kind of like a funny little scene. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I think that was him, yes. That's my story. Yeah. Not much to it, but I remember a couple of reporters chuckling at it.
2: Yeah, and- I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just starting to get that vibe about this Nathaniel Hackett thing. Um Jim Tomsula. A cor- Is there a European League of Football again? Not sure. It says, I don't know if this is true. Is on Wikipedia it says he's the head coach will be the, up, the head coach of the Rain Fire in the upcoming European League of Football. Are they restarting oh, that? Oh, so it's coming back. I didn't even know that. At...
3: And that was one of the team? actual
2: old teams, the Rain what's, Fire.
3: What's the team name again? Rain of Fire?
2: The Rain Fire. Yeah. Hmm. Ger- uh, uh, German team. Okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. But good for Jim Topsula. We've devoted way too much time to Jim Tomasula on the top of this podcast. And all right, Nathan let's Nathaniel jump Hackett. into Yeah, make sure you're reading Johnson on the Athletic. This the is what um, happened when we talk about fantasy football. Yeah. We somehow were ended up down a Jim hole. Tomasula path. Jim Tomsula. That's cool. And Nathaniel Hackett. Um Okay. First of all, let's get to some news from House Hall yesterday. It was a it was a Wednesday. There's um some key injuries on the injury report, right? You, you, I don't like the fact that there doesn't seem to be much progress with Jalen Johnson so far, right? That's not ideal. He was out there on the
3: bike. Okay. Usually a better sign than not being out there on the bike, but when I saw him on the bike, he was just kind of just sitting on the bike, not pedaling on the bike, and then we had to leave practice. Yeah, So it doesn't look good at this point at nine eighteen on Thursday morning.
2: He was a DNP with that quad injury. Um, David Montgomery, obviously the other big name. Not really a surprise there, though, that he did not practice with that ankle. They're still listing it as an ankle slash knee. Even if said it was an ankle. Correct. So can we just call it an ankle? Yeah, I don't know what we're doing there. Um, Velas Jones, hamstring, obviously he's been dealing with. Okay, now he was limited in practice. He was limited at the end of last week too, right? He didn't play. Yeah, if you heard Maddie Ruflus
3: yesterday on Wednesday, he seemed to indicate that there was a setback, that he aggravated
2: the injury again. Well, a couple weeks ago, right? Not, yes, yes. Not yesterday, yesterday yes. just to be clear. Um, also, yeah. And definitely
3: confirmed that, by, by the way. <laughs> yes, that is Here, here's
2: his quote. Here's his
3: quote. I definitely had a setback. <laughs> it's, I'm reading it right now. So I definitely that's had a, a setback, and, it's, and that's why it extended a little bit. I mean, it happens, but it just shows how willing I am to get a bag out there. So it sounds like he pushed himself a little bit.
2: So that's pretty good confirmation that there was a setback. So
3: take
0: <laughs> that think so. and think
2: about that for a little bit. I would think so. Uh, Roquan Smith limited with... Uh, Oh, I just noticed that says quad. Last Not week it hip. was a hip.
3: Did you notice that? That will be interesting if like he was out there stretching, out there going through individual drills. Like did something happen during practice? Yeah. Where he had to leave? Or maybe he had something to, to begin with. Something to watch. But we saw him miss every practice last week with the hip injury, and he played just fine, I would say.
2: No, that's a good – That's a, I, I, I have to be honest. When I saw the injury report, I was not surprised to see Roquan Smith limited considering he was limited last week with that hip, but I didn't, to full disclosure, did not notice that it says quad and not hip. Um, so, yeah, to John's point, you sort of have to wonder if that may be something that actually happened yesterday. We'll find out today because if Roquan's a DNP today with a quad, that's not a good sign. That would not be good. Uh, Giants have a bunch of injuries, too, themselves. Um, As my computer
3: tweaks out here. They um, lost Sterling Shepard for the year to a torn ACL.
2: Yeah. Leonard Williams, a DNP with a knee injury. Uh, Pretty much any wide receiver on their team. Wondell Robinson's hurt with a knee. Kadarius Toney's got a hamstring. They got all kinds of problems with their wide receiver core right now. So, um, The problem, though, Johns, as we sort of jump into this, is uh, they have Saquon Barkley, and the Bears can't stop the run. You want to start there? Yeah.
3: Three big questions, Adam Hogue. Number one, will the Bears' defense be able to contain Saquon Barkley? This is not Damian Pierce. I would say it's more like a week two matchup in Green Bay with some talent in
2: the backfield with Barkley. Yeah, I, contains the word, and I think this is where you have to lower your expectations a little bit, even just for contain, right? Like, if if Saquon Barkley runs for 110 yards, did you contain him? You might. Yeah, I might, I might consider to that avoid. a win.
3: Yes, what you're trying to avoid is like the, what, what do you have, a 35-yard touchdown last game? I was the gonna game say breaking play. That's what you want to take off the score sheet. This
2: feels like one of those games where I I I'd be afraid of like that seventy five yard touchdown run. Like just the absolute backbreaker. Now so Barkley's had
3: some Go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say if he if he pulls out hundred and five yards and a and one touchdown, I'm like yeah, okay, that's like oh, you, you might take that this week.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: Barkley's had some interesting performances against the Bears.
3: Remember he got hurt? Yes. Along the far sideline at Soldier Field. And then he had that back-breaking run. It was like, what, third and long, long, long. Against Matt Nagy's Bears. What is in your coffee there? Is that just foam?
2: It's uh, just foam. Yeah, we got some foam going on here. We got some... um a little vanilla creamer in the iced coffee. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Okay, your vanilla creamer. It's one of those uh, Nesp- Nespresso machines. Ah, uh, fancy.
3: Those are nice. When he when he had that uh, that first down run on third and long, where Matt Nagy called the timeout in second down, where they ended up getting the the field goal at halftime. This
2: is the same game as Freezer Left, I believe. You don't remember yeah. that was in the no. I do. I, I, I do remember. It was a long time ago though. Okay. I, I think that I think the thing is though that Saquon.
3: Because what he you're bringing like
2: up, you actually just like in two sentences brought up Saquon Barkley's career. <laughs> you have the guy that looked like an absolute rare um, exception to the idea of you probably shouldn't draft a running back in the top five. I think he was number three overall because he looked so legitimate as a rookie. And then he gets hurt against the Bears. So like you saw the good against the Bears and you saw what's cost him the last couple seasons. My fear is, if you watch him the first few weeks of this season, he looks more like the guy from when he was a rookie. Yeah, he looks back.
3: Number two. Yeah. Number two, moving on.
2: Rate your concern.
3: One to five, we'll go. Five being the highest as far as your concern. How do you feel about the Bears' pass rush after three games? It's produced only six
2: sacks. Um... I'm going to say a three because I do find it concerning. However, if you're going to be insistent on only rushing four and virtually never blitzing, what are the Bears blitzed once or twice the entire season so far? It's been minimal. You're not going to lead the league in sacks that way. You just, in, in, unless you have like just an absolute stud defensive line. Which I think the Bears have a decent one. But yeah, it's you're just not going to pile up the sacks that way. Um that said, I think that and Corey Wooten's been talking about a lot about this, so I'll give him the credit cuz he obviously knows what he's talking about when it comes to defensive line. He doesn't think they're rushing as a unit. Not quite. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like they're not rushing as as one, you know, four as one, um, and he, and that requires you know a lot of contain, keeping the quarterback in the pocket and basically forcing him to run into a sack. Sometimes that's the way the Bears are going to play. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go as as like a five. Like oh no, they don't have the they don't have the players. I I just think that they have to they have to do a better job of rushing together. Also, Laramie Tunsil won't be out there this week. And that was just a tough matchup for Robert Quinn, who doesn't like to flip sides. So he's just in a matchup like that can say, ah, I'm just going to go up against left tackle the whole time. Not exactly how I would handle it, but that's how Robert Quinn is comfortable. So maybe this week will be a little bit better. Can I read you a stat? This
3: is from Adam Schefter. Biggest reason the Giants lost their seventh straight Monday night football game. The Cowboys' defense generated its most QB pressures since 2017. Daniel Jones was pressured a total of 24 times Monday night, the most by the most by a QB this season, or for a QB, on a QB, I should say, yeah. and the second most over the past two seasons. So that's a good sign for the Bears' pass rushers. Like Al-Qadid Muhammad has to be better. He does. I think Travis Gibson and Dominic Robinson are giving you something, but Muhammad has to be better. But looking at that, Cowboy stat. I also want to say to all Bears fans, you don't have Micah Parsons, so don't nope. get your <laughs> don't get too uh, ahead of yourselves. Do you know where Micah Parsons was drafted? By the way, after Justin Fields,
2: yeah, two picks
3: after Justin Fields.
2: You think the Giants regret that trade? Maybe a little bit. You can't say the Bears screwed that no, up. No, the Bears no, traded no, it's up not for Justin Bears. Fields. No. I mean, would you expect them to be drafting? You know, trading up for Micah Parsons? I mean, maybe well, who's it, the, it, the, the selection of the Giants is Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Well, that was honestly my biggest problem with how that trade went down. I understood what they did, and they ended up with another pick, which I think was the Evan Neal pick this year that they took with he the Bears. He, pick. And he doesn't look good. He struggled a little bit, but that happens with tackles good. early on. I'm not yes. ready to write him off. Um, I just I was really against Kadarius Tony. You didn't have to do too much homework on him to understand that there were some red flags there that you might want to avoid. So if you're going to trade back like that, I would take a much safer pick later on. They took Tony, and then their the div- part of the problem is it's their division rival got Michael Parsons with the very next yeah. pick.
3: Yeah, and he looks like a transcendent player. Getting shout-outs from Lawrence Taylor
2: on Twitter. I mean, good. Back- I still have all the respect in the world for Aaron Donald, but Micah Parsons is starting to push for that spot as the most dominant player on defense. I give him, yes
3: in the NFL. Let's let's not too get like again, let's not get it too far ahead of ourselves. But he looks like he's pushing I mean, he's for a little it. bit of special oh yeah. All right, number three. We have to talk about him just a little bit. Rate your concern after three games. One to five. Five being the highest as far as you're concerned again. Where do you stand in
2: Justin Fields? Okay, I have a question though. Like most people go, I did one, one to the, ten last one week. One to ten. Why are you a one I, to five guy? I I, I, did that I think last we need week. to address this.
3: I, I want to narrow that down. I want to okay. switch it up from the other week. We did one to ten. Okay, I just truthfully, it's three games, so it's not you're a big one, it's okay. we're, you're we're one, one, one to five guy. It's okay. We're one to five guy. I'm a five takeaways guy. You know, you did <laughs> no, ten you Go things. five takeaways. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's keep it simple. Uh, rate your concern. Okay. Now, this Five is an interesting is, question for you because it, post-game,
3: it seemed like you are very concerned. Yeah. watch the film, still very concerned, but now you're getting to the week. So,
2: so where do you stand? Uh, Can I do decimal points since you didn't allow me to go to 10? Fine. You're going to do three and a half? Three and a half. Okay. Three and a half. Now, seeing the coach's film did two things for me. Okay, one, it confirmed all the th- bad I thought I saw in that game live. Okay, so I'm not going to say all of a sudden the film was better than I thought. However, he did gray it out better th- this past week than he did against the Packers, just for the record. um, They're both bad, but technically it was a little bit better. One was me. worse than the other. <laughs> yeah. However, there was one thing I saw that it's still a concern But it makes me feel a little bit better about him potentially getting out of it. And that is, I think he's looking in the right places. I don't think this is like Mitch, where Mitch didn't really know where to look. I think Justin actually is reading the defenses. I think he is actually looking in the right places. Not always, but more times than not. I don't think he's trusting himself. To know that he's looking in the right places. Does that make sense? Like, he's unsure that he's actually doing it properly, but the fact that he is, I think, gives me hope that something's going to click there. Once he gets comfortable, once he gets that confidence, it can click. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does.
3: I, you're like me, right? You're out at football games, little kids' football games. People come up to you, they ask, What's going on? It's Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. Like, what, what's going on? And and the answer I'm giving giving everybody, I think I said it like five times yesterday. The problem is that he's like where his throws are going. Like it's not throwing the ball. It's that sometimes he's not throwing the ball. Like he's looking at the right places. He sees the guy. He just has to let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Trust it.
2: Oh, we'll see if that starts Yeah, we'll see if that starts to click this week. Okay, we'll get to our over unders and our predictions here in a minute. But first, Let's get the Giants perspective on things. Dan Duggan covers the Giants for the Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at D Duggan. That's spelled D-U-G-G-A-N 21 on Twitter. And you obviously should be following him this weekend as the Bears take on the Giants. Dan, what's going on? Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
2: So give us an idea Obviously, the what's kind of crazy about this matchup this weekend is one of these two teams is going to be three and one, which I don't think so. <laughs> in Chicago or, yes. or New York, we expected that. But how's it going so far with Brian Dable, Joe Shane? Because t- these are two guys the Bears were also interested in the offseason. And on the flip side, the Giants were also interested in Ryan Poles, who ended, who ended up in Chicago.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a lot of optimism. I mean, you know, the game Monday night against the Cowboys, I think was a little bit of a reality check. Um, But I don't think anyone thought they'd be 2-1 and with, you know, a pretty good chance to go 3-1 and on Sunday. So uh, I think, you know, anytime, trust me, I've been on the beat seven years. I've been through plenty of these regime changes. There's always that honeymoon period. And then usually they come out of the gates, you know, 0-6, and all the good vibes disappear. With this regime, I do think there's genuine excitement. The way they pulled out that Titans game, no one thought they'd go down there and win and the fashion which they won with going for two at the end. I mean, that that really uh, bought Brian and Dable a lot of goodwill from this fan base because, you know, I think that's just something they needed, a little energy, a little life pumped into it. So, listen, I think the reality is they're still not a very good roster, but with the schedule they have and the way, you know, he kind of has guys buying into this point, I think there's a little more optimism here than, than fans expected, you know, maybe coming into the season.
3: Dan, give us a sense of, like, what they're – they're trying to do like what their messages are like have they used the word rebuild like we know what Ryan Poles is trying to do here he's tearing everything down he's going young he's trading for more draft picks you know Justin Fields doesn't really have good receivers he's trying to get through this year but give us a sense of what Dable and Shane are early saying in, in like what their long-term expectations here are.
1: Yeah, Shane, you know, these guys always come up with like pretty good catchphrases. I think his is, I haven't heard in a while, because he hasn't spoken really obviously since the offseason, but it was, I think it was compete today and build for tomorrow, which is a nice way of saying we're not going to tank, but we are focused on the long term. Um, and I mean, listen, you could not pin Joe Shane down to any level of expectations this offseason. He wanted no part of that. You know, understandably, he's not going to sit there and say, oh, we're going to win 10 games, but I think he, he wants it to be known that, listen, we're in the, ground floor which should be a long process. So don't hold us to you know any high expectations for this year. And and, you know with these guys, actions obviously always speak louder than words. And the fact that they came in and they they cut Logan Ryan, they cut James Bradbury, they cut Blake Martinez, they cut all these high priced veteran holdovers in the previous regime. And really only Bradbury is a cap uh, cut. The other ones were just kind of culture or fit. So they're not looking like let's just try and patch this together and, and make an unexpected run in year one or year two. They're definitely taking the long view. Obviously, the biggest piece of this whole equation will be quarterback. The fact they didn't exercise Daniel Jones' fifth option, pretty good signal where they think that's headed. Um, so yeah, th- you know, anything they do this year, I feel like is a bonus. This is kind of uh, you know they get a free pass this year, and their their build really starts with the draft picks last year, and then what they do next off when they actually have some cap space.
2: Yeah, it sounds very, very similar to what the Bears are trying to do right now. Uh, one difference, though, is where the two quarterbacks are at. Justin Fields still only in year two. Daniel Jones seems to be at the end of his leash there in New York. What would you put the percentage chances of Daniel Jones being back as the Giants' quarterback in twenty twenty
1: three? Ten percent. Like I just, I don't. I mean, the fact that you didn't exercise that. 5th year option which I think was the right call don't get me wrong because you've seen with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield how that can really handcuff a team but that's you know it's 20 million dollars for one year of a, a starting quarterback if you had seen something in those first three years which obviously they watched the film before making that decision you would think they would pick it up and listen we're three games in and he played heroically on Monday night you might look at the stat line and not think so but anyone who watched that game I and mean, he was running for his life every snap but nothing you've seen these first three weeks suggest, oh, wow, he's taking like some Josh Allen type leap under Brian Dable's tutelage. So, I, I mean, listen, they did this in Buffalo where Joe Shane came in with Brandon Bean and they inherited Tyra Taylor. They actually went nine and seven, made the playoffs in that first year and traded him and blew it up and obviously went all in to get Josh Allen. So I just I have you know, a short track record. It only happened one time in, in Joe Shane's history in that regard. But it just feels like that's the blueprint he's going to want to follow here. And yeah, I would be very surprised unless Daniel Jones blows them away, which to, to date he hasn't, I can't see any way he's back. What are your
3: thoughts on Mike Kafka as offensive coordinator? We know him pretty well here. He He's a St. Rita, Southside guy from Chicago. He went to Northwestern. He's a name we got to know even a little bit more because of the naggy connections to Kansas City. Like, how has he done over three games? Because he's the one calling the plays, not Dable, right?
1: correct and well listen he's replacing jason garrett so the bar was set pretty low as far as uh, you know creativity and ingenuity but no he's he's definitely uh, impressed i mean there's definitely some roster deficiencies he's trying to manage around that you know as garrett was too so that's going to make any play caller um you know limit their options a little bit i mean they're not scoring a lot of points but i think that's more to do with the fact that they might have the worst combination of offensive line tight ends and wide receivers in the league. I mean, honestly, I, it's, it's so bad at those positions. So it's really hard to, to you know, replicate that Kansas City offense. But uh, even if you just go back to that two-point conversion I referenced with the, the shovel pass to Saquon, um, that's right out of Andy Reid's playbook. So, I mean, he's obviously infused some of that Kansas City creativity. I think you see he has a plan. Again, like Monday night, they had the right idea. Like, we're going to get the ball out quick. We're going to do a lot of RPOs and, and give Jones options to just get the ball out of his hands. But when the pass blocking is not holding up at all, it really makes it tough for an offensive coordinator. But no, I think um, there's a lot of promise there. I mean, listen, it's never a bad idea to take the head coach who was, you know, helm at the helm for the Buffalo offense and the uh, guy who was integral in the Kansas City offense. Like, that's two pretty good places if you're going to try and build an offense. And uh, I think it's gone well so far. And you're just excited when the personnel gets upgraded. You know what the ceiling really could be for this group.
3: What's up with uh, Kenny Galladay? That, that's another Southside Santa Rita guy. Just like Kafka. So I guess that connections done. <laughs> they're, they're not bonding over their, their high school connection there. But, like, what, what's going on? The guy's barely playing and he's got all that money.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, that is the Dave Gettleman parting gift. I mean, you know, four years, $72 million for Kenny Galladay last offseason, which I'm not sure quite who they're bidding against there. And I, I don't think there's any, like, grand conspiracy here. Like, I just think he might be physically shot. I mean, he's never been a guy who was a burner, created separation, but obviously those years in Detroit, he was just making these tremendous contested catches and, and downfield catches. I mean, there's a difference between not creating separation and just being slow, like NFL slow. And I think that's the point he might have crossed over into. I mean, he had a hip injury his last year in Detroit. Has had a lot of lower body injuries since he's been here. So like you watch him on the field and, you know, in training camp and practice. And it's just he just doesn't he just looks like a guy like he does not like, oh, man, that's the 18 million dollar year receiver. Like you just don't see it. I mean, they're playing a guy, David Sills who has basically been a practice squad guy for three years, he's playing, you know, like 75% of the snaps as the ex receiver over Galladay. So it's not even like, oh, we have some young stud here who has just outplayed Galladay. Like, no, I mean, I think if, listen, he would have joined that list of veteran cuts I mentioned. It, they just can't because the contract is so cumbersome. I mean, you, you can't get out of a four-year, 72 million contract after year one without some major financial pain. So, I mean, if Daniel Jones is 10% back here next year, Kenny Galladay is 0%, there's absolutely no chance uh, he'll see year three. Uh, especially this new regime didn't sign him, so they will gladly clean their hands of him after the season.
2: Well, I'll tell you who they were bidding against. They were bidding against the Bears. Are the mean, Bears
1: going to go anywhere near that, though? I mean, I think I was like $12 million. Well, no, like, I, and,
2: and I get your point. That's what I was going to say, is because the, the Bears, if I remember right, were like kind of in the 11 to $12 million range. And then the yeah, Giants is. So it, it, the Giants clearly like. And maybe they, maybe they needed to do that because Colladay's a Chicago guy and preferred going to the Bears. I don't know. But um, is there any yeah, I out remember, in this? Because, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, and I remember the Bengals, I think, were trying to do like a, a prove it like one year, like $11 million deal. So, like, gentlemen, just like, they just blew them away. And, and it was a great contract. I think I'm going to cut off what your next question is going to be as far as an out. Somehow, Todd France, who's Colladay's agent, he got a $4.5 million roster bonus for 23. They got guaranteed on the third day of the 22 league year. So that's even, that's, what's made it impossible. If they could just cut him and just have to eat the dead money on the salary, they would have done it. They, the four and a half million dollar roster bonus that's on the books for next year would have accelerated onto this year's cap. So they would actually lose cap space to cut him. And so like, they just, their hands are so tied by that contract that they just, they can't get out of it. They're gonna, you know, they, there was a report from Ian Rappaport where they're willing to eat a bunch of the salary and I mean, that's not news to anybody around the league. Obviously, they, everyone knows he's on the block, but even that doesn't help because the team that trades for him would have to take that $4.5 million off for next year, and, and no one's going to want to do that. So they, they are so stuck. And now with the injuries, that wide receiver, they kind of have to play him, and they just basically have to hold their nose and do so because they obviously want really no part of him on the field.
2: Right. And I don't know that the Bears are in a position to want to be giving away draft picks, even if the Giants are willing to eat some of the money. So, um Everybody's looking for receivers here in Chicago, Dan, <laughs> no matter well, the what they I would look say, like the, right now.
1: The guy, the guy I would say is Darius Slayton always made a lot of sense for Chicago because uh, he's cheap. Like he's in the last year of his rookie deal. They actually made him take a pay cut right before the season, so he's making the minimum. So there's none of that um, you know, financial ties, and he was with Tyke Tolbert obviously the last couple of years. Had some success his first two years, and then last year uh, really struggled, but he's buried here even more than Galladay. Like the new regime just clearly doesn't see him as a useful player. He's the guy, I think, if you're a team looking to take a flyer on a receiver with some upside, he'd be the guy. So I'm actually surprised that they weren't able to trade him this offseason. And, um, yeah, if Chicago's looking just for a cheap flyer on a guy who, again, has a connection to Tyke Tolbert, he'd be the one to make sense.
2: Mm. All right. Think about them. Yeah. Well, Dan, how are you looking at this matchup? Because I have a feeling this is a game, one of those games, where both teams are looking at it like, well, it should be a win.
1: They could. The Giants are looking at this. If you're a Giants fan, saying we're going to be three and one going to London. Like, I mean, you know, no offense to the Bears, but obviously, what they have done to get their two and run record is, is not very impressive. Again, not that the Giants have been world beaters, but uh, you just look at that Bears passing offense. Certainly doesn't intimidate you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you're a Giants fan, they're looking at a home game and the chance to go three and one. You're feeling pretty good about it based on what you've seen from the Bears to this point.
3: Saquon Barkley. We're talking about him earlier in the show and just to go off what you said about Kenny Galladay, like Saquon Barkley, he doesn't look spent. He looks physically fantastic Uh, again. Like take us through his, his reemergence here, if you can.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he looks, I would say he might look better than that rookie season where he was, you know, setting rookie records and winning rookie of the year. Like he has a, a different level to his game this year, where he's always been obviously explosive and a big play threat. I think the difference this year and maybe it's because he was angry all offseason. He was taking on the critics and basically telling them to stick it. And he's come out running hard. And that's always been the knock on Saquon. He doesn't like that knock, but it's just been the reality where – and listen, when you're as athletic and gifted as he is, you can understand why he would you know, always kind of be looking to hit a home run and bounce some runs where he shouldn't. But this year, he's like punishing tacklers, putting his shoulder down. And obviously, he's a big, strong guy, so it makes sense to do that. And then he still has the big playability. I mean, you've seen it in that Titans game. He had the long run. He had a touchdown on Monday night where that was just, I mean, the run there was just everything you could ask for running back, the vision, Absolutely. the speed, the power, like it was just amazing. So he's hundred percent back. And like I said, maybe then some, and listen, he's had the injuries Like he didn't forget how to play football. He's just been so beaten down by injuries. So the question is, can he keep this pace up, you know, for 14 more games? Cause that's really been the question. It's, it's one thing after another is the ankle then the ACL. Then he comes back from the ACL and hurts his other ankle. It was just like, he just couldn't escape that uh, the injury plague the last three years. But, I mean, he's obviously playing for a contract, another guy whose future is up in the air. And he's making himself a lot of money, whether it's with the Giants or somebody else, because based on the way he's looked this year, he looks, you know, all the way back to being, you know, a game-changing type of weapon.
3: One more for you, Dan. We went through the, the pressures that the, the Cowboys kind of added up on the Giants all after Daniel Jones. Like, take us through that. Like, is it the offensive line? Is it – some of the stuff you said about the, the scheme and, and getting used to it. Is it Daniel Jones holding the, the ball too long? Like how, how does that number, I think it was what, 29 or something like that. How, how yeah, does it that, crazy. how does it add up that way?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, a it was mostly the offensive line. I will say like some of their problems have been Jones holding the ball too long. Um, that's, but the funny thing with that is you can tell this coaching staff is trying to get that out of him. Whereas like, he is running the ball as much as, or more than, any quarterback in the league. Like more than like Jalen Hurts. So it's like that's not really necessarily what you would want with Daniel Jones. But I think they're saying, listen, if you get to the top of your drop and you don't see anything, just take off. And he has certainly taken that uh, message to heart. But on Monday night, it was the offensive line. I mean, Evan Neal. You know, I think he's a guy with a ton of potential. Obviously, a number seven pick, but he got you know his welcome to the NFL moment from Demarcus Lawrence, where he just he just couldn't he just couldn't compete in that matchup. It was really lopsided. And then they tried to do things like have the tight ends chip, and they were like whiffing on the chips. I mean, it was just an absolute disaster up front. The interior line uh, has been very weak. The one guy, Andrew Thomas, at left tackle. I mean, he's playing like an all-pro level. So it's like kind of thank God for him. But like, you know, one great player in four weak links is, is still tough to overcome. So yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a concern. I mean, Neil looked worse on Monday than he did in the first two games. But there have been some questions with him in pass pro. And you know, again, it's a rookie. He's three games in, it's going to happen. He, he does look very good. Uh, run blocking, and I think that's that's the strength of their team. I mean, this this should be an old school football game. I would think on Sunday with these you know two <laughs> uh, you know kind of storied historical franchise, I think it'll be some throwback type game. I think both teams are gonna want to run the ball a lot, and um, that's probably both teams' path to a win.
3: Yeah, my sense, Dan, is that the Maras and the McCaskies might be okay with that. Some old-school ground-and-pound <laughs> football. Let's get dirty, you know. Let's try to
1: Yeah, let's get some weather in here. Like, you know, if two teams are kind of suited for it, it would be these teams to play the, you know, 7-6. to six, uh, <laughs> no, no, no.
3: Well, Let's at least get like 14-10 to 10 or something. Let's get some points for it. But, uh, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, we'll tell everybody to read your stuff, and we'll see you uh, Sunday in New Jersey.
1: All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks,
3: Dan.
0: if you're like me you believe there needs to be more
3: stylish functional business casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day i'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to dot ecom slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, Ho. Good to have you back. Great
2: stuff from Dan. You doing all right? You disappeared there for a bit. I got sniped by the internet. <laughs> uh, we, i knew eventually the work we're having done at a house would backfire. So the uh, the old power got cut to the uh, oh. internet gateway there in the middle of the show. And you Not the greatest timing. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. It's Which okay. we got through. Tur- it. Turned me into a frozen
3: face. Uh, now you're more like we persevered. Okay. Want, well, thanks for finishing
2: more? the interview. <laughs> we got it. Dan
3: was good. The Dan was good. Good stuff there. Uh, interesting stuff about Dable and Shane too, I think. We've covered a lot of these like Dan. It's it's always unique to to see what the the different paths teams take as the rebuilds happen in their cities and we have two historical organizations going through them again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, It is what it is. Um, So that's my first over-under for you, too. Okay. Let's go through those real quick. So how many Mara McCaskey, our friends, references do we get on the broadcast? Mm. I get one and a half. I think there's going to be one. Maybe you get a picture of them hanging out on the field before the game. We know how close they are. They're friends, like best friends, best
2: buds, Mara McCaskey. Do Do you remember at the owners' meetings when we were talking to George? A lot, by the ocean and John Marrow like, walked by and he, like, hijacked the press conference for a second. Yeah. They're
3: buddies. They're friends. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I'm going to go under. I'm going to say one max. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe You're going to get that mentioned. that pregame handshake hug of the two. Yeah. I, I don't know how much the broadcasters really care about. I think there's very few owners the broadcast actually cares about. Like anytime the Cowboys are playing, you yeah, get there, you Jones, get the shot of the Jerry Jones suite twenty times. Like the the one
3: cameraman, his job is just to keep the the camera balanced and set on Jerry Jones
2: and everything he does. Right. Right. I think I think they care more about Virginia than George McCaskey. Okay. Does George ever get shown on broadcasts? Yes, he does. I mean, except for when he's about to fire a coach the next day? Number two.
3: Uh, yeah, go ahead. Move on. We'll move on. We'll move on. Khalil Herbert carries. 20 and a half. Um, he had 20 for 157 against the Texans. And he came in early. David yeah. Montgomery's how many injury did, happened in the first quarter. And David Montgomery still had? David Montgomery had three for 11. Tristan okay. Ebner had seven for 23. So there were like 30 carries to go around. Over 30. Aquanimius St. Brown had two for 43.
2: Yeah, I I, I still think they're going to be in the 20 passes or 20 dropbacks.
3: I like how you clarify that. Yeah. It's not well, because pass it's, attempts, but dropbacks. It depends yeah. what he does. Because, with for, the again,
2: again, there were more opportunities last week. I mean, he had 17 attempts, but there was actually 23 or four passes actually called. A couple of RPOs in there too. There, he handed the ball off into an eight man box instead of throwing it. So, but I think there's gonna be plenty. I'm gonna go over here. I think they ride Khalil Herbert.
3: I'm gonna go over too. I think he has a good day. I think he fits this offense, but not way over. Yeah, I'll that's say a good number. Or 22.
2: Yeah, Yeah. 20 and a half, that's a good number. They still want to have a
3: wave of running backs.
2: You should work for like a sports book or something. Maybe one day. The
3: sports writing thing seems to be working out.
2: You're going to move to Vegas? (sighs) Doubt it.
3: No, I like Chicago.
2: You're not even going to move out of Edison Park (laughs) your entire life, (laughs) let alone move to Vegas. I might. You never know.
3: (laughs) Number three, Roquan Smith tackles.
0: Ten and a half. Ooh, that's another good number. I am getting good at this. I don't like that the
2: quad thing popped up. I'm going to go under. Watch. We're going to find out that that was just a typo or something. Yeah, yeah. They meant hip.
3: Um, 16 is an insane number. Now, I I do want to, like, only six of those were solo tackles, but he's around the ball. He's being aggressive. Still had a fantastic football game. I'm going to go over, but again, slightly over 11 or 12. I think he finds the ball. I think he's starting to feel better in the scheme. I think he gets Barkley a couple of times. Maybe he has one TFL on Barkley or someone else, but I think he's a problem for the giants. Yeah. Well, I
2: hope he is. Um, I have to share something for it with you if I can find it. What was the over under we had on the broadcast last week? The Lovey Smith references or whatever? How he coached the Bears? Yeah. Some people were saying that that went over. It went over? That's what some people were tweeting during the game. I don't know.
3: I th- that was six. I think it was six and a half. Any Lovey Smith Bears reference. That's what it was.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I do have something to share with you. Shout out to Nick Villarreal, who has been doing something we never do. Which is keep track of our picks. <laughs> You're doing pretty well, my friend. I've you, turned a new leaf. You are you ready for this? Okay. You were five and one last week, and I was four OTS? and two. I was four and two.
3: That's good too. Yeah,
2: against the spread. You are thirteen and six on the season so wow, far.
3: Wow. Okay. Now, if you're a yeah. gambler,
2: you start listening to uh, the Johns here. So you should move to Vegas and do this for a living. Mm-hmm. I am ten and nine, which is
3: which is still st- not bad.
2: Still a winning record. You take that, um, but thirteen and six, sixty-eight percent. So, listeners, you have a tough choice this week. Either ride with Johns or start fading him hard. <laughs> Stay with me. It's up to you. It's up to you. All right. Bears, Giants. Giants are a three-point favorite in this game. Fox, Noon, what do you got? All right. Here's first, here's my bold prediction.
3: I went Cole touchdown last week. I'm going Darnell Mooney touchdown this week.
0: Bold predictions. It's can time.
2: Just, okay. I, it certainly qualifies as a bold prediction, but can we just talk about the fact that it's week four and that is a bold prediction? Yes, that's a problem. That's, that's not good. That's a problem. I don't think it's going
3: to be a long pass, some type of play action in the red zone, low red zone. darno money touchdown. As far as this game, we're going to go – I feel like it's going to be an odd-scored game. How odd? Let's go – No, let's keep it traditional football score. Let's go – I like the Bears by three or four. So let's go 21-17 Bears. Okay. 21-17 Bears. I think they went out right. They don't need the points. I think they're actually maybe a tad bit better than the Giants. I like the matchups on this one.
2: Yeah, I I, I do two except for the Saquon Barkley thing. But at the same time, I feel like Khalil Herbert's going to – I think the Bears are going to be able to run the football too. Yeah. So – I honestly think, like, if you look at it that way, they're relatively even. I think the fact that the Giants have struggled more to protect their quarterback works in the Bears' favor. Like, I think this is a game where Robert Quinn maybe comes out of it with two sacks. Or the other side. Maybe that's my bold prediction. Dominic Robinson,
3: yeah. Okay, two sacks for Robert Quinn?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: What's your score? What's
2: the final score? Uh... I'm gonna say Bears twenty-four, Giants twenty-one.
3: Okay, so like, maybe yeah. three, four-point range. Like, I want to get a Cairo Santos field goal in there. I don't know where. We'll just go. We'll stick with twenty-one seventeen. Okay. Yeah,
2: I, I, I think it's somewhere around there. I, 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 I. I Here's here's the main reason why I'm going with the Bears right now, is because when I went back and graded that game for all the for all the uh, understandable, reasonable, justified criticism of the quarterback, a lot of players played well in that game. Like I think I think it was almost a misnomer that it was just like an ugly, ugly win against a bad team. I think it was that way because the quarterback played that way. Yeah, does that make sense? Like. They, you're rare. I'm not. How many games have we ever covered where the Bears r- ran the ball like that and blocked that well in the running game? Like that was a dominating performance.
3: It was. I'm gonna change my score. Sorry, I was thinking while you were talking. I'm gonna go twenty-three seventeen. I don't think the Bears score three touchdowns. I think they score. There'll be some field goals kicked in this one.
2: You got two touchdowns like a- and. Three Three field field goals? goals. Three field goals. I think they get a turnover.
3: Well, I I think they get turnovers, though. I think Daniel Jones will be pressured. I think Saquon Barkley, I think he has the type of performance we talked about. 100 yards, maybe a touchdown, a short touchdown. But the Bears' hits principle
2: produces some takeaways. Okay, so we're both on the Bears' this week. Yes,
3: 23-17, corrected score. All right.
0: Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there.
2: All right, let's start with the Thursday night game. It's such a depressing sound bite, but. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. So apologies if you're listening to this Friday morning. This game has already happened, and you can either laugh at us for being wrong or, I don't know, just skip ahead. Whatever you want to do. But Thursday night prime video seven fifteen. Pretty good game. Dolphins
1: yeah, at
3: that's Bengals.
2: That's why I put it on here.
3: Give me the Bengals winning by a touchdown button. Like the Dolphins, they surprised me last week. They really, really did. I I thought the Bengal or the, the Bills were gonna blow them out. But now I'm kind of a believer in like what Mike McDaniel's doing down there. Into Tua. And those great receivers that he has. See what happens when you have receivers like that. Give me the Bengals by a touchdown, but this will be a good game, exciting game tonight.
2: This is really a four-point spread. Yeah. Like the Bengals, the Bengals really have not been playing that well. I know. Give me Burrow in prime time, though. I'm just surprised that they're favored by four. I mean, I guess they are at home. It is a short week. Um, Man. I think I'm going to keep riding with the Dolphins. The thing that has me very worried, though, I'm, I'm going to take the points just because it's more than I think it should be. I think this is a good game. The Bengals have still struggled to protect their quarterback. And the Dolphins can grind it out and run the football. Um, oh, we don't know right now if is playing, right? Mm-hmm. He's been, he's listed as questionable. Well, can I do a qualifier then and take the Bengals if Tua's is not playing? That's what I'm doing here. If Tua plays, you're I'm you're qualifying I'm, it. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that's fair. It's the true. starting okay. quarterback. Uh, the one, the one alarming thing about that Bills game the other day, the Bills ran ninety something plays to the Dolphins thirty something. Like that, that, that's unbelievable.
3: Are you telling me that Ken Dorsey has every right to throw crap around in the? in his in his booth there uh well has that become a gift yet like i want to start oh it's got that. to. it's I got to. it's a great
2: message. messages <laughs> i love that that happened <laughs> yeah. i love that that
1: happened Hoag? 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 Hoag?
2: we go to london on the nfl network one of these 8:30 a.m. games don't say I didn't warn you. Set your fantasy lineups early. Set them Saturday night. Do not forget that there is an 830 game Sunday. Okay? Set an alarm on your phone right now if you need to. There's going to be at least two guys in my fantasy league. that have no idea this game is happening until about 10 a.m.
3: <laughs> like the guy who traded Josh Allen? <laughs> he's he's <laughs> probably listening
2: like, I hate Johns right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. Ah, he's a Packer fan anyway. Good. Pile on him. All right. Vikings playing the Saints. This is in London. Is this at Wembley or Tottenham?
3: I'm not sure. But Andy Dalton might be playing.
2: <laughs> That's right. Because Jameis James Winston has not been practicing all week. So we might see Andy Dalton in this game. Um. Either way, I, I'm going to take the Vikings here. I think I don't think the Vikings are great, but I do think they're a pretty decent team. It said something that they were able to grind that victory out last week, I think. They really shouldn't have won that game against the Lions. Well, it's the Lions. And Eventually,
3: you have to yeah. count for the Lions being the Lions. I'm taking the Vikings in this, even with Winston plays.
2: Yeah, I think I am too. The Saints haven't looked really good the last couple of weeks. So, All right, keep her moving. Buy me some and cracker, jam. We go to a noon game. Seahawks and Lions. We're keeping this in the NFC North. This is on Fox against the Bears game. Lions are four and a half point favorites at home.
3: <laughs> uh, this is a tough one.
2: Give me the Seahawks and the points. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take the Lions. I don't think the Seahawks are very good. I don't think the Lions are very good. Yeah, but I think the Lions are respectable. I actually like that Dan Campbell took responsibility for that loss the other day. Good. I think you that should. earned you some points in the locker room. And, um, yeah, I think the Lions bounce back at home. They can score points. The, the Lions
3: can win, but like, give me the four and a half for the Seahawks.
2: I, I, I don't think the Seahawks can score. I think the Lions are going to be able to put up enough here. So, um, okay. And, in fact...
1: You better lock it up.
2: You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I just think I hate the Seahawks. <laughs> I don't know why. I, that, that preseason game against the Bears, I think, insulted me to a point where I just, I put money on them. to have the worst record in football. Okay. Then they go out and they beat Russell Wilson in week one. But I think that might be a game that we will look back on at the end of the year and be like, how did that even happen? <laughs> Give me the lines. All right, All right. now we move to the late afternoon window, which the Packers own and play in every single week. CBS 325, Patriots at Packers. Stunning Mac- that this has gotten to this point. The Packers are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah,
3: Mac Jones is hurt, right?
2: Yeah, Brian Hoyer probably starting for the Patriots. Man, there are a lot of games with quarterback question marks Yeah, here.
3: give me the Packers by, like, two touchdowns here.
2: Yeah, I you know it, just,
3: it strikes me as the game where Aaron Rodgers by the end of it is going to put a point. Brian Hoyer is not going to be able to keep up. The the, the Patriots got problems. Yeah, they do.
2: I don't think the Patriots are very good. I, there's just part of me that can't do nine and a half with Bill Belichick coaching. Does that? I mean, is that a fair point?
3: Well, how about a ten point win for the Packers? Yeah, I mean certainly they should win by that many, like a. 24 to 14 win or I don't think the Patriots are going to score.
2: Yeah, Brian Hoyer is not horrible. He can move the football a little bit. He did for the Bears, but that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, but if he did it for the Bears, shouldn't he be able to do it for the Patriots? Yeah, I'm going to take the Pats here. Hoyer's been there for a long time. He's been with those coaches for a long time. He knows the system. I think the Packers win this one comfortably, but Yeah, I'm going to. I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm sticking to a rule here. It's more just that than anything else. I'm not, I'm not doing nine and a half against Bill Belichick. So give me the Patriots. Okay. All right. What should we do here?
0: That's not cliche talk. That's real talk.
2: All right. Last game NBC 720. This is a Sunday night game. Don't necessarily know right now as we pick this where this game is going to be played, but I, I think it's going to be in Tampa.
3: Yeah, there's an update. I just got it here um, from Rick Stroud. The Tampa Bay Sports Authority informed the NFL Thursday they have all the resources in terms of emergency services, law enforcement, et cetera, to host Sunday night's game between the Bucks and Chiefs at Raymond James Stadium. It's up to the league now to make the final decision.
2: Yeah, otherwise it will be played in Minneapolis, U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, which... I'm just realizing this now. Would derail? There's a Jots. There's a big kicking camp at U.S. Bank Stadium Sunday this weekend. Yeah, that that Carmel kicker Ashton Lutz is supposed to participate in. He's going out so, there. Who's running? So if it there's an NFL, game? if there's an NFL game Sunday night, is that going to happen? <laughs> I'm sure I need to make some phone in. calls here. I'm sure they could get it in during the day. I hope so. I think this game is going to be played in Tampa anyway. Uh, Chiefs bucks the bucks are a one point underdog against kansas city i'll take the chiefs
3: me too probably a field goal It'd be a good game i want it to be a good game mike evans is no longer suspended i don't know how good the Buccaneers really are still
2: good defense but give me the chiefs uh, this all right, who's the who's the chiefs kicker this week uh, Harrison Butker returned to practice yesterday. Yeah. They lost that game because of their kicking situation last week and special teams, which just does not happen to Dave Tobe very often. I have to imagine that gets fixed this week. It's much, much better. If you watch and pay attention to that Chiefs-Colts game, the Chiefs dominated that game and really should not have lost. They gave that game away. I think they bounce back. Even if this game's in Tampa, give me the Chiefs. That would mean back-to-back losses for the Bucs, though. So, All right, we got to run. There is your Thursday preview episode for Bears. Giants should be a good one this weekend in the Meadowlands. That literally no one else in the NFL will pay attention to, but that's okay. <laughs> Come on. Two historical franchises. You know, a lot of times we see the Bears and Giants on national television. Two big markets. It's been a while though this time's at noon yeah all right follow us on twitter at adam Hogue at adam johns read him on the athletic the athletic.com slash hogan johns i am at all chgo.com make sure you check out the merchandise obvious shirts.com you can get one of those orange hoodies that johnsy's wearing right now also have it in blue so um want to check that out obvious got the hats all that's up for you right now for the fall and uh, I'll have to double-check on the winter hats, if those, are, if those are in stock right now. Remember, we had those last year. We last should have night them again.
3: was winter. felt like a winter hat day.
2: I almost wore my winter hat to practice yesterday.
3: 50 degrees fast last night.
2: Yeah. Can we just, like, get a little bit of fall? Usually get some. This
3: weekend th- This weekend is supposed to be beautiful. Let's go. 65, 68, maybe a little 70 with the sun. Can I get back yeah. on the
2: water at least one more time? Maybe, dock it. Dock it. Anyway, enjoy the game, Sonny. We'll talk to you post game.
1: See ya. Hoag,
0: Hoag, 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 Hoag,